0: Um, throughout my time of being on the registry, it's been complete and utter hell. It's been nothing but, you know, a shut door or a slam door in my face everywhere I turn. Because people don't take the time to look at the facts, they just see you on the registry. When you have a system put in place to just do cut and dry, it's hard to you know make anything of yourself when you do when you are involved in one of those situations because you're automatically labeled you're automatically shut down it's over your life is over
1: offenders convicted for sex offenses specified under delaware law are required to register persons who have been arrested but not convicted are not required to register the first state's website includes only those registered sex offenders who have been classified by the courts as moderate risk or high risk Those offenders, classified as low risk, are not displayed on the public website. The registry includes both adults and juvenile offenders.
2: Right now, for most offenses for children over the age of 14, it is mandatory that they be on the sex offender registry.
1: State Representative Cindy Romer has authored House Bill 186 that would make changes to the state's sex registry requirements for adults whose acts were committed when they were children. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, this is Whip Count. We're joined now by Representative Cindy Romer, who is going to give us a little bit more information on her House Bill 186. So first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So let's just dive right into it. This Bill 186 is about an issue that can be thorny. Sometimes it's a very uncomfortable issue that people don't like to discuss, and it has to do with the sex offender registry and juveniles. So could you just give our listeners some background on the bill? Yeah, I was brought the bill. And one of the things I noticed um,
2: first about the bill was how many different areas supported the bill. So it's interesting to come into a bill that is supported by Department of Justice, but also Office of Defense Services and also Office of Child Advocate and the Coalition Against Domestic Violence and so many great organizations that holistically are looking at the safety of kids they're looking at the safety of all children and so for them to be able to come together on a topic and agree that perhaps the intent is not really what's um is really not the impact that it's having was just very uh it spoke to me so um and i there are it's they're difficult conversations because they're uncomfortable there's a lot of fears and misconceptions about it and um but I just knew that it was the right thing to do for for the kids that are being impacted by this registry.
1: And in terms of the mechanics of the bill, what would this bill mean for, for those kids on that registry? What does the bill do? So
2: really what it does is it takes the mandate away. So for most offenses. So right now, for most offenses for children over the age of 14, it is mandatory that they be on the sex offender registry. And really what this bill does is it puts the discretion in family court, with the advice of caseworkers and psychologists who work with these kids to make the determination what is best. And so what I tell people about this bill is it does not mean kids will not go on this registry. If you have a child who is a danger to society and is not being responsive, we understand that there is a need for them to um, be on a registry that is made public. But for the vast majority of kids, that's really not the case. Um, The thing I've learned the most about working on this bill, and it's the point that's driven home to me, is that the reason children commit sexual offenses are completely different from why adults do. These kids are parroting behavior that they've seen online or had been exposed to, have been abused themselves, and some are developmentally delayed. So it's not the same reason that adults um, are committing sexual offenses and need to be on registries.
1: And I know that from uh, some of your colleagues on the other side of the aisle, one of the main, um, I guess, concerns or questions about the bill what does this mean for those kids? Going through that sentencing process, would this bill change the sentencing or change anything um, besides the registry? Yeah, the sentencing and the registry are completely
2: separate. So the court has no discretion in who's on the registry, but they have complete discretion in the sentencing. So the sentence may be that you need to go through this rehabilitative program. And that's really what we want. We want a rehabilitative society. We want to make sure we're working with these kids so that they understand um, what they did and that they don't re-offend. And what we're seeing is more than nine out of 10 times, these are one-time events, these are not happening. And obviously when it happens to your child, it's very, um, it's it's hard to talk about those numbers, but the reality is is that if we really want to make society safer and we really want to rehabilitate kids, the registry is not the way to do it.
1: According to the U.S. Department of Justice's Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention Research, 25.8% of all sex offenses are committed by youth, with more than 35.6% of those offenses against other juveniles. Sex offenses, as noted by the U.S. DOJ, have behaviors that can include aggressive or coerced sexual contact, sexual contact that causes harm to a child or others, and sexual contact between children and youth of different ages, sizes, and developmental levels. Many professionals contend that juvenile registration and notification policies have not been found to improve public safety. Rather than improving recidivism, which is low on average when compared to adult offenders, registration has negative impacts on the child offenders that produce increased plea bargaining, increased suicidal thoughts, harassment, mental health, and school problems. Wilmington resident Anthony Gibbs knows the harsh reality of ending up on the sex offender registry as a youth. He's joined a number of professionals, advocates, and others who question the particularly harsh or stigmatizing community policies like placing juveniles on public sex offender registries or excluding youth from normal social interactions and the unintended negative consequences that follow into adulthood.
0: Well, My name is Anthony Gibbs. Um, I came down because I was one of the first, well, I was the first person to be taken off the registry for being placed on it as a juvenile. I was nine years old when I was placed on the registry. I was convicted when I was, I was nine when the investigation started and convicted when I was 13. So they kind of waited until I was old enough to be adjudicated to some extent. Um, I felt compelled to come here because the bill, it it stops the broadsword method for me. You know, it, it, the, the registry is it's is a cold steel trap. It, once you're on it, you're on it. The stipulations you have to follow them. If you don't, you're arrested. You're completely arrested. There's no second chance. There's no, you know, in between. There's just do this or you're going to jail. Um, that doesn't work for everybody, and children especially. That that that's just a way to get rid of the problem, you know, block it away and it'll deal with itself. And that's not true. What the bill, what, what I know of the bill, what it does is it separates the actual offenders from the mistakes, you could say. You know, because you do have children that do these things, but you also have children that do them and don't understand what they're doing. You know, like the child adolescent, you know, experimentation and um, games being played by little kids, things of that nature. That's innocent. But do you have other children that actually do commit these crimes, which I totally believe they should be prosecuted for? I don't think they should be any leniency on it. But the bill is set in place to stop, like I said, the broadsword method of just chopping everybody's head off. If you're considered a sex offender, that's what you are. That's one of the main reasons, that is the main reason why I came, because I had to deal with that most of my life of being labeled a sex offender. And it was something that I internally fought with most of my life. 30 years is a long time, 35 to be exact. It's a long time to be on the registry for nothing.
1: On May 17th, 1996, President Bill Clinton signed Megan's Law. It was a measure named after seven-year-old Megan Kanka, a New Jersey girl who was raped and killed by a known registered sex offender who had moved across the street from her family without their knowledge.
3: Today we are taking the next step. From now on, every state in the country will be required by law to tell a community when a dangerous sexual predator enters its midst. We respect people's rights, but today America claims There is no greater right than a parent's right to raise a child in safety and love. Today, America warns, if you dare to prey on our children, the law will follow you wherever you go, state to state, town to town. Today, America circles the wagon around our children. Megan's law will protect tens of millions of families, from the dread of what they do not know. It will give more peace of mind to our parents. To understand what this law really means, never forget its name. The name of a seven-year-old girl taken wrongly in the beginning of her life. The law that bears the name of one child is now for every child.
1: Megan's tragedy prompted her family to advocate for a law that would mandate law enforcement to make public information regarding registered sex offenders. As a result, registry information was made public, whereas it had previously only been accessible by law enforcement.
0: Um, throughout my time of being on the registry, it's been complete and utter hell. It's been nothing but, you know, a shut door or a slam door in my face everywhere I turn. Because people don't take the time to look at the facts. They just see you on the registry. It's been many times where somebody has seen me on the registry and I'll tell them, look at the date. I'm 40 some odd years old now. Look at the date of this incident. It's never happened again. I, my brain doesn't work like that. I don't, I feel people should be prosecuted that do do these things, that do hurt children. You know, I was hurt myself. I was abused for three years. You know, I was actually sold by my grandmother to (laughs) a friend of the family. You know? um, A lot of this stuff is going on in every neighborhood. You know? And when you have a system put in place to just do cut and dry, It's hard to, you know, make anything of yourself when you do, when you are involved in one of those situations, because you're automatically labeled, you're automatically shut down, it's over, your life is over.
2: First of all, the kid going on it doesn't even necessarily know that impact, right? Because at 14, they're not applying for housing or trying to get a job. So a lot of times they see those impacts when they start to go out on their own as, as far as you know, turning 18 and, and trying to find an apartment or something. So they are restricted from certain environments. The other thing I think that was most scary to me is that juveniles that are placed on these registries are five times more likely to be approached by an adult for sex. So it is, again, children committing sexual offenses totally different than adults committing sexual offenses. So you have adults who are very deviant and using this registry to find kids that are probably more susceptible of being sexually abused and groomed. And so I think that is that is just something that's really, really awful. Um, we also see that juveniles who are on this registry are four times more likely to commit suicide. And that's obviously devastating to those families.
1: Yeah, that's that's really hard. And those statistics that you talk about, I don't think are what people consider when they think about people on a registry, because a lot of times it's like our guest said, 30 years they've been on this for something they did when they were perhaps 10 years old. I know yesterday you had a witness in the committee who was actually a doctor talking about some of those effects that they have. So could you go a little bit more into how how that affects someone psychologically and how it um, impacts them?
2: I think part of being on that registry, we live in a such an easily accessible informational society. You can find information, and once it exists, it exists forever. And so what we're seeing is that kids are on that registry, are are being bullied. You know, people are taking, we heard a couple anecdotal stories of people taking a snapshot and putting it on the kid's locker. So now rather than focusing on rehabilitation and the work that they need to do, what we're seeing is kids that are then being bullied for um, being on this registry. And so rather than focusing on their rehabilitation and um, recovering from the trauma that they may have focused in their life, now they're also having um, experiences of being social outcasts at school.
0: For for, for victims of anything, um, to cope with these types of feelings, PTSD, the, the, uh, the, the constant thoughts of what happened, the recall, all of that, to cope with that is many different ways. You know, for me, I turned to drugs. I turned to crime. I turned to, you know, lying, fornicate. you know, sleeping with this woman. It was so bad for me that I would never be with a female that was under 30. And I'm 19. But I had it in my head. I was so traumatized by the situation. I had it in my head, Okay, if I never gave them a reason to think this anymore, I wouldn't be that anymore. I wouldn't be a sex offender anymore. So I always had a 30-year-old female or 40, I didn't care as long as she was way older than me. You know, it was a trauma. But um, I definitely believe if I didn't start dealing with this type of stuff, I would have continued to not be a, not sexually abuse anybody, that's not, but do crime and drugs. and I would have never taken a step to do anything else. You know, that is a big part of, it's a big part of getting better with anything.
2: I think it's important for people to realize we are not getting rid of the registry. There are children who will need to be on this registry. We are also not removing kids from being on the registry who have committed acts of rape. So, the registry is not going away, but we really need to make sure that the courts who work with these children have the ability to make the decisions that are best in the interest of the children, society as a whole, and the reality is is if we want to make society as a whole safer, we need to rehabilitate these children.
0: Throughout the whole ordeal, I mean, I've been homeless, I've been uh, ridiculed. I've been looked down upon. I've been emasculated. I've been, I mean, it's just, I've been, I went from one form of abuse to another form of abuse as an adult, you know, uh, going to jobs, being turned down because of the background check, you know, being denied opportunities because you can't be 50 feet to 500 feet next to this place. Um, it's been terrible. For 30 years, I've dealt with it, with it having to sleep in a friend's backyard in a tent because I couldn't be with my wife in the house that we paid for, you know? Um, not being able to see my daughter because stipulations I can't cross a state line you know um, like the councilman said it, it affects a lot more than just me you know I'm older I've learned how to cope with the pain and the thoughts and the, you know I've learned how to deal with that I've learned how to let that go I learned how to forgive you know and that helped. but what happened to the people that's awesome in my life how did it affect them it affects every aspect of your life, but it's always in a negative way. It's nothing positive that comes out of being on the registry that long. Nothing, unless you deserve it. You know, you if you constantly are committing these crimes, you need to be on the registry. But in my situation, it just was pain. It's never been anything but pain. If I deserved it, I would take it. I would man up and take it.
1: That's very well said. And I know that we're we're short on time today, so we'll wrap it up. But do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to add about this legislation? Just that
2: I was really pleased with what a great discussion we've had on both sides of the aisle about this topic. When we have talked to people about this topic, so many people have come forward and said, a cousin, a neighbor, this happened, that happened, where you know people's lives are being changed for being on this registry when it was not warranted and isn't serving society as a whole.
1: If you'd like to keep up to date with the latest happenings at Legislative Hall, follow WhipCount and listen wherever you find your podcasts. You can also keep up to date with the Delaware House Democratic Caucus by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DEHouseStems.